you're listening to Board Game Bitch. I'm your host, Victoria Fraser, and we're going to talk about all things board games. Let's get started. Hello again. It is me, Victoria, your favorite nerdy gal. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about another fantastic board game that I really enjoy. It's been a while since I played it, actually, but um, I really like it, and we're going to dive right in. Today's fantastic board game we're going to be discussing, Smash Up. Pretty good board game, if you ask me. So a little bit about it. It was published in 2014 by AEG. Uh, the board game designer is Paul Peterson. He's done a couple other things, actually, um, so he's a big deal. Um, and it's basically a game where you take two different uh, card decks called factions and you combine them together. In my mind, this is what the game was named for, is that you smash them up, like you smash up the card decks. Apparently that's not why it's called that, um, but I still choose to believe it. <laughs> you smash up two card decks or two factions and you combine them into a new forced to be reckoned with which is what they kind of say in the description online of the game um the actual reason it's called smash up is because you are smashing up like a base kind of like an an arena uh that you fight in and that's why you are smashing up things and that's why it's called that smash up i don't know like hulk you smash up the base um that's okay that makes sense i guess but i still prefer the whole smashing up the two different factions um and yeah the factions are tons of different um essentially creatures and races and and things like that because there's everything from uh kittens to monsters and i think there's bear cavalry in one expansion uh there are ninjas and pirates and aliens so many different ideas uh kind of going on together which is great because you can combine you know kittens and ninjas ninja kittens adorable you can combine aliens and pirates alien pirates actually we'll get into why that's a terrible combination but that's a little later um anyway it's a really cool game uh the premise is really fun you make a deck of cards and you you know fight each other other players you know to be the winner so that's the premise of the game and that's kind of how it works um fun facts about paul peterson the designer I could not find a lot about him, and it was kind of sad. I did kind of listen to some interviews that he did, but um, he does have a blog on his website, which, Paul, you're never going to hear this, but if you ever do, you need some help on that website of yours, sir. Um, I luckily do that as one of my many side jobs. (laughs) So if you ever need help with your website, call me up. Um, He literally had the saddest about page ever. It was one sentence, and I was like, I want to know more about you. But there wasn't much. On the plus side, he does have a blog. Um, where he signs off. It's like from 2015 though, so it's so old because I'm a creepy stalker. Um, And his blog was like signed off as a captain's log, which is very cute. Um, And his eldest daughter loves Minecraft and Terraria. And apparently she just like steals his weapons whenever they play together. So that was kind of funny. Anyway, I relate to, you know, I mean that. I don't have kids, but I remember being a kid. So (laughs) what am I saying? Okay, let's move on. Um, Couldn't find very much about Paul, so my stocking didn't do so good. Anyways, enough about the designer. Let's talk about the board game, right? It's a strategy game, um, kind of. I mean, we'll get into more or less why I disagree and don't uh, with that to some extent. Uh, But there's a few different uh, mechanics at play here. So number one, it's a card game because everything is cards. The bases are cards. The decks are cards. There's really not any other board game components. This is more of a card game than like a standard typical board game that you might play, which is like not bad if you 
want something that's pretty transportable and pretty simple because it's just cards. You could really scale down the size of it, the box, like a lot if you just grab, like, put everything into like little card carrying cases. Um, so yeah, it's a card game. It's got action points in it. This is just a point system where you keep track of things with tokens. Lots of games have that. Um, the action points are just the way to win to the game as well. They're not really... Actually, there's action points. Like, the same tokens can be used for adding power to your um, characters, kind of. Uh, but that's, again, once we get more into how to play the game. The third mechanic that is going on here is that it is variable player mechanics, which, again, we've kind of gone over this. Uh, so I feel like, hopefully, if you've listened to a couple sub episodes, you are comfortable with that term. But, again, I'll remind you. Essentially, each player has their own special abilities that make them unique, and they can do things that other players cannot. Um, yeah, that's what that means. Anyway... Let's talk about how to play, right? I feel like I'm rushing today. I don't need to rush. I can take a break and slow down, right? We'll just be chill. I did have a beer, and uh, that is why I'm apparently talking fast. I also just talk very fast. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, how to play the game. It's really not too complicated. Um, compared to other games I've reviewed so far, this is, I think, probably the simplest one. Uh, basically, you start the game, and everyone gets to pick a deck. I think in the rules it says the person who woke up the earliest goes first, which is never me, so I never get to go first. <laughs> um, then you get to pick your first deck or faction, as they're referred to in this game, and then everyone picks. After that, it goes in the reverse order, so the person who picks last picks first to pick their second deck or second faction. Um, they combine the two factions into a new super faction, like Robot Kittens, which is my favorite combination. And from that deck, you get to draw five cards for your first turn. Um, to note, also, you can only have a hand limit of ten cards. And if you ever surpass that, you do have to discard down. Um, yeah. So, on your actual turn, again, really not too complicated. It's going to vary a little bit depending on your faction abilities. But for the most part, everyone gets to play one action card and one minion card. So if you're a beginner, super easy to just jump in and play the game. Um, at the end of your turn, you get to draw two new cards. So you're always making up, ideally, from the number of cards you played. If I, draw, if I play two cards, I draw two cards. You know, it's a pretty even balance there. Um, and then at the end of your turn, you check to see if the bases have exploded. So you're taking the minions, which are sort of the your creatures, like kittens, ninjas, zombies, whatever. You're playing them on a base. That base has got like a theme and it's got points that'll award to you if you have the highest value numbered minions, essentially. So at the end of your turn, you've played some minions and some actions to, I don't know, screw each other over or give make yourself more strong, other things like that. Um, then, did the base explode? The bases have like a little number in the corner to kind of tell you if they did or not. You do some math quickly. And bing, bam, bum, if it's exploded, take some points, uh, obviously. Well, I was going to say, in the simplest sense, the base has the first player, the first person gets the most points, usually. Second place gets the second points, and third place gets the least points. However, because this game is not always so simple, um, you know, maybe third place gets the most points, or second place gets the most points, or everyone gets no points, and it's based on the number of minions on the base. Lots of variability in the bases. Sometimes I think there could be more, but whatever. That's just my own opinion. Um, and again, we'll talk about all those things later. You take your points at the end of your turn when the base is scored, if it explodes, and the first person to 15 victory points will win the game. If there's a tie, because that is possible and it does happen, in that case, you just keep playing until there's no longer a tie. In two-player games, that happens a lot, and you're like, there's a tie. Oh, shoot, now we're both just waiting. 
to end. So it can go on pretty long again. Thing I'll thing I'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, that was the quick rundown of how to play the game. It is not complicated. However, <laughs> because everyone has different factions and different decks doing different things, it actually is pretty complicated. Um, because your turn is going to be totally different from someone else's turn, other than doing the basic things, because the things you can do are not the same as everyone else. Yeah, so premise and actual playing in the basic sense, not complicated. The specifics of your roles and like your factions, it does get a little tricky. I'll talk about that more later. So first, let's get into why I love it, because I mean, I'm putting it, it's like the fifth one I'm reviewing. Um, this board game, I think, has a lot of good things going for it. In fact, I have five here. Uh, the first thing, which is its strongest point, and actually in a lot of the reviews I've read online, people generally agree, is like the artwork and the theme of the game, 10 out of 10, super unique uh, character combination ideas come up, you know, such as, man, I'm forgetting everything all of a sudden, but you know, just very different things could combine in the ways like alien robots for example maybe um there's tons of expansions which um, can i'll talk about that in a second but um basically the artwork is great the quality of the cards is pretty good you know it's a fun cool game in that sense and if you're like most board gamers are nerds so if you're a nerd then you'd love the ideas behind a lot of it like um yeah they clearly they know how to target nostalgia very well Another reason I really enjoy it is the interaction with players. So I think this game has a lot of interaction where you're kind of like messing with each other. Um, and some decks are especially more interactive than others where you might be moving minions around or making them go back to your hand or just discarding them entirely. Um, so there's definitely like you get in each other's faces, <laughs> which makes sense because you're attacking each other on like a base. Um, it's like, you know, you're fighting each other a lot. That's really what it is. Um, so if you're not an aggressive person, this might not be the game for you. But I don't know. I don't mind fighting my friends. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Third reason I like it. Replayability. And I've kind of said this a little bit already. There are tons of expansions for like, let me just double check. There are currently 16 expansions, which is crazy. That might not even be up to date. Um, but there's a lot of them. So there's everything from the pretty, pretty pink expansion, I think is what it's called, which is one of my favorites. It has kittens and princesses and it's just cute. Um, there's also the cease and desist expansion, which I enjoy because it's got like knockoff Jedi's fake mother of dragons. Cause obviously they can't actually say, you know, this is the game of Thrones or star Wars expansions. Like these have to be, you know, fake versions of the thing. So they're named something. I think there's a transformers one in that too. So they call it like robot cars or something. I don't know. They name them something else to make up for it so that it's not actually that thing because you would have to pay a lot of money, I assume. Um, so the season to season expansion is kind of funny and also good. Yeah, there's tons of cool expansions. So whatever thing is your jam, like there's, I think there's a Cthulhu expansion. So if you're into Cthulhu, it's got a kind of a, a cool artwork and some different mechanics. If you're into Munchkin, that board game, I actually really enjoy the Munchkin expansion of this game. Um, I prefer it over actual Munchkin, hilariously enough. So Whatever your jam is, you can buy someone like the base game and then throw in some cool expansions. So it's a good game if you're like giving a gift to someone that you know they really like a certain theme of thing. Um, yeah, cool in that sense. And again, replayability is it's very high because of that because you can mix and match so many different things. Even the base game, you got lots of replayability there. Another reason I love it is the theme of the game. The theme and the mechanics, I think, work well together. So I already touched on the theme earlier, but... Um, this is more so about the mechanics and how they work with the theme. So certain decks just really match the way that they play. 
So if I have the faction, which is the aliens, they do a lot of moving around. Um, if I have the ninjas, like they kind of are very aggressive and attack other people. Uh, the kittens are cute and deceptively strong, I would say, which is also, again, reflective of cats in general. So, you know, they really do a good job of taking the mechanics of a, a you know, whatever sort of faction you pick and mirroring that to the gameplay, essentially. Um, I really love when board games are good at that because I think mechanics are are so, I don't know, like you can have interesting mechanics, but if there's no good story to go with it, it's not it's not going to sell it as well for me. Um, and I, anyway, I will say this is one of the, another one of the strongest things that this game has going is the mechanics and the theme matching very well. Yeah, and you'll see that when you start playing a lot of the different expansions. Over time, I feel like it maybe gets less good because there's so many expansions. You can only really do so many mechanics. But I think they still do a good job of it. One of the expansions that I hate, but also, again, it mirrors the mechanics very well, is the Geeks. And actually, I think you have to buy the big box. There's like a bigger box expansion because the base game would not hold, you know, 16 expansions. Um, I think or there might even be two now. But... Anyway, one of them comes with only one expansion, which is the Geeks, and they are so annoying, which is, of course, somewhat reflective of, I guess, Geeks and Nerds in general. Ouch. But uh, it's fine. <laughs> the Geeks essentially interrupt people, and they're like, um, excuse me, and they basically change the rules on a whim, which is so ridiculous. And the first time we played with the Geeks, uh, my partner at the time, he really liked them, and he's a very good at reading cards and, you know, using them in cruel ways uh <laughs> so I, I i literally we banned him from using the geeks from then on because they're like no you cannot use this deck it is too annoying and you are too annoying with it um so you know be mindful of that and finally this is just kind of like uh, another point just to throw in here is another reason i like it i'm trying to do some good compliments because i'm not going to be so nice in the next section but <laughs> the last reason i really like it is the setup time is very quick you can just take this game out and put out some cards and you're ready to go in less than five minutes um so i find it's really good for you know between maybe really long complex games you just need something mindless that you can play and not have to overthink and not have to spend too much time think setting up bam you just this game perfect um so yeah quick quick setup time good interaction great artwork great theme great repeatability those are the reasons that i enjoy it now, <laughs> on that note, let's take a look at the other side of the coin, why I don't so love it. I don't know why I named it that, but there you go. That's what I'm calling this section from now on. <laughs> Anyways, um, first of all, we're going to talk about the luck factor. So, there is a, a lot of luck in this game. Um, I did say it was a strategy game at the start, and it defines itself as a strategy game. But there's not a lot of strategy sometimes. Like, it is... You can get really screwed. Um, there's a lot of bad luck if you don't know how to play it and you don't know anything about it. And you take a combination of decks that are just very, very bad. And you just... The game stinks and there's no way for you to catch up. That has happened a number of times and I've played this game. And especially if it happens to someone who's like a new player, it's rough. If you played it before and it happens to you, you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm pretty much just out of the game. Like, not out of the game, but like... You know, you're not, you might be going for second or third. Like, first, it's just not attainable. So some combinations that are really bad, uh, it really depends on the mechanics of that deck or that faction. I'm saying deck a lot, but faction is what it's called. I just find that confusing, and I always forget the word for it. But when I say deck, I mean the factions, um, aliens, whatever the theme is of that card deck that you've picked um, to combine with another one. Anyway, um, so yeah, the there's kind of, 
certain ones that don't go well together because they might have mechanics that are too similar. So for example, um, one time we played the game and um, I don't think I did it. I think someone else picked the pirates and the aliens. So pirates and aliens both tend to move minions around on the board, um, which movement is great at times, but it's not great if it's the only thing you can do. So when you have a deck that's so focused heavily on that, you know, well, two decks really combined, you just kind of get stuck doing that. And it's like, great, I'm moving things around. But what is the point? This is not helpful. Um, I'd rather play more actions. I'd rather play more minions. And like, and the different decks do have different kind of abilities. So some have like the robots are really good at, at uh, playing multiple minions. The wizards are really good at playing multiple actions. Um, kittens are good at temporarily boosting your skills and stuff. Um, and I think that's an expansion one, not a default one. But um, the point is different decks have different abilities and sometimes if the abilities are too similar and you accidentally combine them, you end up with like a mess, a hot mess of a deck and you're like, I can't do anything helpful. Um, so that is kind of a thing where, you know, bad luck if you pick two decks that are not good together. Also bad luck when you're drawing your cards. You only draw five cards in the beginning. It can be like the worst five cards. You're like, this is just like so boring and so lame. Um, so I do find in general, that is an issue with it. Um, but I mean, I don't really know how to fix that. Um, so I don't know. I almost think that there needs to be a, a system where you could have like aliens good at movement, like maybe like a mini synopsis of what the strengths are of that deck. So when you're like, okay, aliens are good at movement. Oh, pirates are also good at movement. I will not combine them together because some combinations do not need to be made. Um, I, I guess I could just make it myself, but I don't, I haven't played this game in a while and I don't know all of them and all of the expansions, God, that would take forever. If someone's done that, I would happily use that as a resource because that would make life so much easier. On that same note though, about kind of the, um, I mean, this is kind of a secondary note to that and the bad luck and like, it's really just, I guess, critiquing the decks in general and how different they are. So the variable player mechanics, um, apparently I found a table online where it talks about the average minion power, which I did kind of notice this while playing. Not every deck is made equally, which is not super fair. So take the dinosaurs, for example. They're in the base game. They have crazy powerful minions. They have one minion that's worth seven. That's insane. The highest in any other faction is like five, and that's a lot. So seven is two higher than the highest like minion that any other deck has. You know, that is overpowered. <laughs> um, anyway, this cool table, I'll definitely share it when I have um, a blog, I guess, for show notes. Yeah, it's overpowered and some decks are weaker. So actually one of my least favorite ones is, well, yeah, actually I'd say it's one of my least favorite ones. I don't like the wizards and I don't like the ninjas and wizards are apparently a very average minion power, much lower um, according to the table. So like a good point difference, um, which makes sense because the wizards have a number of pretty low minions um, and they're really focused on action playing as opposed to minions. Um, so yeah, like, oh no, robots. Apparently robots have the lowest minion power. Oh, I see. But they also play a ton of minions, so that's kind of to counteract it. So that's actually not as bad as it sounds. Hmm. Anyway, the balance of the decks is not always fair. And if you don't know that, you can make bad combinations. Now, the reason I'm not always fans game is the terrible two-player mode. Um, I kind of had that same issue with Evolution, didn't I? But in this one, it's just not as fun. I played the two-player mode a couple times, and um, it's not as enjoyable you're only really able to attack each other. And in a game where there is a lot of, you know, interaction and playing, it's, you're not gonna take it personally, but you're gonna be like kind of annoyed. Like, uh, as soon as I do one thing, they undo it. Like, that's frustrating. Um, you can't really 
you don't it doesn't distribute evenly the aggression i suppose and so the two-player mode is not as fun i don't super enjoy it and it goes on forever because you can get ties and it's just takes a lot longer um not a fan two-player don't play it two-player just don't it's not good the third reason uh which kind of ties into the first thing i mentioned at the start a little bit um is that this game is a bit unfriendly to beginners so you know when you're picking your decks if you're a beginner you have no idea what the best decks are and some decks are better than others like that's just true i'm sorry it's not a perfectly balanced game it would be very difficult for this game to be perfectly balanced with the kind of variability that it's promoting and the whole theme of it, right? It, it's just, you can't really have both. That's it. I think sometimes it could have done a better job. Certain decks are truly terrible. Um, so yeah, the the beginner aspect, if you're playing this with people, which because it's such a lighthearted game, it is more towards a non-board gamer, like hardcore board gamer. It's more like a light party game. You'd play with friends who liked Munchkin or like, you know, Cards Against Humanity. Like it's that kind of crowd. It's like a party game in my mind. I don't consider this a strategic board game. Another reason it's not friendly to beginners is, is is also just the text heaviness of the cards themselves. And sometimes they can be up to interpretation and people get in arguments of like, well, I think it means this. And you're like, well, we've always played it this way. So now you have to spend time arguing about the rules, which anytime you have to argue about rules in a board game is frustrating. Like that just tells me that maybe you didn't do a good job with the rule book. Um, I think this actually does have a pretty good rule book overall, but it's just that there's so many terms and so many expansions that then they add new terms and then people are arguing like, okay, does this, you know, mean the same thing? This, like, are we, because they're both, I don't know, verbs that are just interchangeable in English in general. So now you're confused. That's more about the rule book. I'm trying to stick to the text heaviness of the cards. So like, if you're a beginner playing this game, you, you can understand how to play, but then you have to spend so much time reading exactly how your cards work. And some expansions are more complicated than others, and there's a lot of text. And if you don't know how to play, then you're just spending a lot of time reading, and you don't even know what the best move is because you don't understand what's going on. Um, so that is an issue that I think is worth discussing because I, I wouldn't play this with someone who was – I think it's probably 12 plus anyway, but yeah, I wouldn't play it with anyone under 12 or even 14 because it's, it's a bit difficult um, – and I don't mind reading and learning a game as I'm playing it, but I find that many people do mind that. So, you know, be aware if you're playing this with people who just want to play a game that you kind of have to teach yourself throughout the game how to play the game. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, how does this card work? You know, there's a lot. And some some of the cards have a lot of text on them. It is it's a mini paragraph. It can take a hot minute. <laughs> Finally, the fourth reason and final reason I'm not always a big fan of this game, which actually... Other people kind of pointed this out, um, and I had not personally experienced it as a huge problem, but in retrospect, it definitely was frustrating. Um, I just never put a name to it, is counting the base points. So people at the end of their turn, as I mentioned earlier, they have to calculate how many you know points are on the base and if it explodes or not. So each minion's worth, I don't know, five points. And so there's like three minions worth five. That's unrealistic, but whatever. Three minions worth five, and the base takes 15 to explode. It explodes. That's an easy calculation, but more often it's like, okay, this minion's worth two points. It has an added bonus of one, and your minion's worth, you've got three minions, it's two points, but there's also a bonus of one on each of them. What is this now? Like, okay, so that's that's a lot of, it's, it's not complicated math, but it is a lot of small numbers that you're adding together, and things will explode, and you'll be like, oh, I exploded the base, and I didn't even realize it. So there's not a great system for that. Um, I think this would be almost better on a phone or in on an iPad or something. 
um, or online because yeah, that's a thing that when you're doing a person, they don't really have any way to keep track of it. I've read a lot of things online where people do have a system point tracker for the bases. Um, so if you do that, like good for you. I've always just mathed it out at the end of every turn and maybe that wasn't the best strategy. So we're going to reconsider that next time I play. But anyways, um, other reviews that I read online that kind of pointed out some of the problems. Um, one person mentioned that it has an endgame collapse issue, um, which I've never actually heard that term before, but I have experienced it in a lot of games, Munchkin especially. Um, or I think it's more like shitting on the winner is another way I could think of phrasing it. Um, so, you know, you get to the end of the game, one person's substantially ahead and they're about to win, and then now everyone attacks the person in the lead, um, and then the person maybe in second wins the game instead of the person who was in first. So you can do it really well, and then suddenly you lose everything. Almost like a blue shell, you know, in like Mario Kart where someone does that at the very end. You kind of get screwed. You're like, shit, I was winning the whole time, and now I lose in the very last second. Um, so there is that. That is definitely an aspect that I can agree that other people pointed out. Um, and yes, basically the unbalanced nature of the game uh, with certain factions being stronger than others and things like that. Um and you can kind of counteract these things. I don't think that the problems that Smash Up has are taking it away from being a good game. Like, I still really enjoy it. Um, but it's not going to be a game that I, you know, <laughs> it's not the only thing I want to play. I can, and I'm not going to play it probably over and over and over again. Uh, one person kind of rephrased it really well online, saying it's basically a time waster or the game you play between games. And that's fine. There are a lot of really good games that I play that are simple, that I like to just do between other games. You know, Love Letter is a great little party game. Let's see the other one. Citadel is like another super simple card game. Uh, it doesn't have to be an amazingly complicated game to still be an enjoyable fun game. So it seems like I said a lot of negative things about it, but I do still like this game. I love the artwork. I love the theme. I actually don't mind the unpredictability and unbalanced nature of it because when you're playing with people who are skilled and who played it a lot, it actually kind of makes it more fair because if they have to pick randomly, they have no idea what they're getting. Like, <laughs> you're like, here you go. You can't look at it. You just got to pick two factions and have fun. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of why I like it and why I don't like it. Now we're going to move on to the next section of the podcast, which is strategy. As we discussed, there's not a lot of strategy. <laughs> um, there's still some. And I'm going to go over them because I think that they're worth discussing because if you're playing it with someone who's like way too into it, you should be able to whip their butts. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you do that. <laughs> That's why I'm here. So the first strategy is picking well. There you go. I know. It's kind of a lame one. But, you know, the game starts when you're picking your factions. Some decks go well together. Some decks do not jive. As I said, do not ever combine aliens with pirates. It is so bad you will be upset. I can't remember other terrible combinations because, like, you can kind of figure it out. And it's good to even, like, go through the cards of the decks beforehand and kind of be like, oh, okay, you know, wizards have a lot of actions or um, this one has lots of minions. Like, what do I see kind of recurring in the theme here? And also even thinking, like, what is the theme of that faction? What does it probably do, right? Um, so, yeah, picking your decks well at the start, that's one of the most important strategies, I would say, if you're not picking randomly because, you know, you have, you're just starting out. Another strategy is playing to the strategy of your deck, which I guess sort of ties to the first thing, but if you've got a movement-heavy one, like Pirates or Aliens, then you want to be playing a strategy that movement is, is going to help you. So, for example, actually I read this on a really good uh, strategy list, was basically saying, like, doing, like, a fake-out, like, putting all your minions on one 
base and then moving them to another. So like if you have a base, it's really hard to break because it's got a really high point value. It's like 20 points to score versus like another one's got 15 points to score. You know, you build up maybe 10 points on that one and then you move all of them to another base where someone's about to win. Um, so you can do like a fake out strategy with movement. As much as I don't love movement, I don't think it's a great strategy in the factions. It can work if you do it like that. On the same note of Aliens, actually, they also have a gain of victory point card. And oh my goodness, I think it was Aliens and Zombies, actually. Yeah, I think so, because they can bring, zombies bring things back to life. Again, a great example of the mechanics mirroring the theme of the deck. Um, but you can mill the victory point card way too hard with the Aliens. And it's weird, because I don't think any expansion cards have that same mechanic i can't think of a single one it's only the aliens who, who give you like gain of victory point when it comes back to your hand or something which is insane it's so overpowered um, actually i don't even think it goes in the discard pile i think it goes back to your hand it's weird there's a card in the aliens that's like you could just reap the victory points and it's ridiculous and it's unfair that it's the only deck that does that but you know it's an example of playing to the strategy of the deck um if you have the wizards they're gonna play a lot of action cards if you have the robots you're gonna play lots of robots um i played robot kittens and i wiped the floor i just everyone lost i killed it um and i was banned from playing robot kittens ever again because they're a great combination so yeah you know looking at your deck and being like what is the strategy here and what are the benefits and i don't know what are the strengths i guess now some more strategies that are less specific to decks spreading out is a good one so for example if you're maybe not gonna come first every time but you can second or third that's still points because, you know, the person who's coming f first is going to be putting all of their minions in one basket, right? Whereas if you have yourself on two, maybe even three bases, because um, you think that third one's going to be hot later on, you know, you can still get a good number of points. And as I said earlier, uh, the bases don't always have the same number of points reward system. You know, first doesn't always get the most points. Sometimes second does. It's good to spread yourself out and make sure you're on the bases, even if it's like, there's two two players in like a three or four player game. There are two players on one base. There's still third place. That gives you like two points maybe. That's totally worth getting. Spreading yourself out. Maybe not too thin, obviously, but making sure you're still where the action's happening. Whew, big yawn, sorry. Another strategy that is good is to choose wisely who to destroy. So a lot of decks will, you know, destroy other minions. It's a very interactive game in that sense. You know, you're attacking each other because you're fighting each other in... You know, it's like Smash Bros, but it's basically it's basically Super Smash Brothers, but in a card game. <laughs> and obviously not, you know, Mario or um, Link themed. But um, yeah, so attacking whoever's in lead is good, but it also slows the game down. So maybe if you're really solidly able to get second place and second place is only one victory point less than first place, maybe attacking whoever is in second instead of who's in first because that's like an easier win. Um, so, you know. Choosing who to destroy wisely and being strategic just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Um, because also when you take other people down, it slows the whole game down and it kind of slows you down because you can't break a base by yourself. It's funny because there's kind of a cooperative element in this game, which I didn't see anyone point out in any of the reviews. But like the bases are so high and your minions are only so powerful you cannot break a base alone. There needs to be other people on it. So whenever I see someone playing the game and they try to like break a base alone, they're just, just, just put all their eggs in one basket waiting for everyone else to join them. I'm like, you're doomed. You are completely, you're on a desert island. No, you are not going to survive. Yeah, you do kind of need other people's minions on the base to be able to break it, which is hilarious that that is part of the game, even though it's also destroy each other. Just fun to point out. So yeah, when you're destroying people, just keep in mind that 
are you helping yourself or are you slowing it down? Like, it's got to be cost-benefit analysis, right? Another strategy, and this is actually a strategy in all board games, but it's definitely relevant here. It's the do-nothing strategy. So don't be threatening, you know? People attack people who attack them. Um, They especially attack people who are in the lead. Obviously, doing nothing is not great, and um, in a two-player game, you can't do nothing because there's only one person to attack. But, you know, in a game with lots of players, being a little less threatening can sometimes help you squeak an extra couple points here and there by not making enemies. Generally, it's a strategy in all board games, but it's definitely one that applies to Smash Up. And finally, one more strategy here, which is to hold on to your best cards. Don't throw them away at the start. There's a lot of decks that have Actually, I think almost every deck usually has one very powerful minion. In the dinosaurs, they have a King Rex. It's like seven points. Um, I think the vampires is an expansion where they have like, you know, the main vampire. He's probably a good five or six points. So when you use that main powerful minion, you want to use it at the right time because it's going to be gone and then it's dead and you can't have it back. Usually you don't get it. It's gone. It's gone forever. So you want to use it on like a base that's like high value or something. Um, the exception to this rule of holding onto your best cards is the zombies, because zombies bring everything back to life, obviously. In that case, use your best cards right away, because you're just going to get to use them again by taking them out of their graveyard, so why not? All right, that's everything. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, I hope that you enjoyed the review today on Smash Up. Bit of a different game, more of a party game, but I like um, board games and party games all pretty much the same, They're just for different occasions, you know? Um, if you like it, I think I said this already in the last episode, but don't forget to check out the social medias, uh, Board Game Bitch or Board Game BTCH, depending on the social media site and if they censored me or not. (laughs) But if you search it, you can find it online fairly easily. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Keep playing games, guys. Bye. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.